Welcome to the True Blue Riffcast, the number one Rift Tracks podcast in the world. The whole world? The entirety of the world, Dave. Okay. I am Jeremy, and I am joined, as always, by... I'm Dave. You already heard me interrupt once, so yes. There we go. Yes. Uh, I'm going to do that again. a lot tonight. Lots interrupt a lot. <laughs> Considering what we've got to talk about tonight, I don't really blame you. Oh, yeah, man. It's... um. Definitely going to be something because uh, Rift Tracks just had a new release called Robo Vampire. Now, I had heard of this movie before, and a lot of this podcast is going to center around just how, you know, we'll get to it when we get there. We got other stuff to talk about first, but yeah, that's pretty much where all it's this gonna is be, going. It's going to be a weird yeah. one because we also have Christmas Circus with Whizzo the Clown. Whizzo. Quizzo. The winner of our patron poll, which you can find over on Patreon at patreon.com slash true blue riffcast, where you can sign up to be one of our patrons for as little as $2 a month. And you can uh, give a little support to us here at the show. And you can vote on things like which VOD we're going to talk about. You can get some uh, outtakes, behind the scenes stuff, all those goodies just for just for tossing a few dollars a month our yes way. and i even had a private moment a couple of private moments with the patrons myself uh right before we started so if you guys are a patron you know all three of you go back and listen to i'm gonna just gonna jeremy's gonna grab those those, those clips of me having those private moments uh with the uh with the patrons yes yeah i, I think you'll be pleasantly uh uh pleased Pleasantly pleased. That's a thing now. Pleasantly pleased. <laughs> Pleasantly pleased. Yeah, so we've got we've got a lot to talk about with those two movies. And we do have a little bit to talk about with our headlines today, so let's jump right into that. Headlines. <laughs> well, sad news out of uh out of T V land today. We lost a couple a couple big names. None bigger than the uh, the giant yellow bird on Sesame Street. That's right. Carol Spinney has passed away at the age of 85. Wow, that's... um. He was the voice of Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch since the beginning of Sesame Street all the way through 2018 for 50 years. That's crazy. Was he also the puppeteer? He was the puppeteer up until 2015, when he had to step back from that because I can't remember the name of it, but he had a disease that would make him have uh, uncontrollable muscle contractions. Oh, that's terrible. So he had to stop doing the puppeteering. And his understudy stepped in to do the puppeteering, but he was still providing the voice. No, that's good. That's good. Well, I mean, you know, he was also uh, Oscar the Grouch. Yep, Oscar the Grouch, who started out orange and became green and uh, in an interview... A few years ago, Carol said that Oscar would still be orange if he actually washed the mold out of his fur. (laughs) That's great. And then also, we lost everyone's favorite shapeshifter, Odo, from uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Yeah, well, Rene Auberjonval. That really is too bad, yeah. Yeah, and another good actor. He was... So we might... uh, over here in the uh, the Pluto house, we might have to watch Follow That Bird. Yeah, I like Follow That Bird, yeah. 
in remembrance. That's one of my favorite. Like that's actually one of the the very first. Like I have a distinct memory of uh, seeing in the theater. Uh, I don't think I've seen it since, but I remember seeing it in the theater. <laughs> Um, one of the memories I do have about that movie also, other than, um, actually I do remember two things. I think does Big Bird turn blue in that movie? Yeah. The blue bird of happiness. Okay. Yeah. That's weird. And also Chevy Chase mispronouncing Sesame Street saying the same street. Yeah. There was, there was a lot of, uh, big name people in that, in that movie. Uh, John Candy, of course, uh, Chevy Chase, Dave Thomas, Waylon Jennings, a lot of people in there. Yeah, I mean it's it's a fun it's a fun little kids movie, you know, good for the whole family. 1985. So most of the people out there probably haven't uh haven't even heard of it. Most of the people that are, you know, online. Really? Oh yeah, people, online people, yeah. Oh, oh okay. Cuz they're all younger than us, Dave. I was about to say I'm like Do you remember when we were the young people? Remember that? Remember like twenty years ago? Slightly. Yeah. Twenty years ago, you mean in in uh, the year two thousand? Yeah. Let. Oh God. Because <laughs> oh. that's coming up quick. Sure is. In nine days, I turned thirty-nine. Oh, not forty yet. Woo! Not hashtag not forty yet. <laughs> Screw everybody. Uh, before we we get into our uh, our Mandalorian spoiler chat, let's take a quick look at the weekend box office. Of course, the number one movie once again, Frozen Two, taking in a little over thirty four and a half million dollars, bringing the total U.S. gross up to three hundred and thirty seven and a half million dollars. Is that a lot? Uh, in th- in three weeks and it's pretty decent knives out at number two ford versus ferrari at number three queen and slim at number four and a beautiful day in the neighborhood at number five why isn't that number one i because frozen i don't know let's jump into our our wonderful spoiler talk of the mandalorian Episode 5, The Gunslinger. Thanks. (laughs) This episode, uh, Dave and I kind of talked a little bit about this before we started recording. Yeah! It's not amazing. Not as good as the previous uh, four episodes of the uh, series so far. Not really. Uh, Jeremy thinks it's okay. I, I have a little bit stronger yeah. feelings about it, but we'll get into it. I thought it was fine. It wasn't the best, and they definitely had some issues with things. It felt more in line with Return of the Jedi, Star Wars, and in as much as uh, some of the dialogue and things that were definitely geared more towards the younger viewers and this. Yeah, this one is definitely I think I I think I'll give it that much. This is definitely written for the kiddies. Anyway, well okay, let's let's talk about the episode itself before I kinda like I don't want to be too negative yeah. about it, but I think there are a couple of things that need to be said about it if we're being completely honest. Yeah. But let's get into it first, yeah. So the Mandalorian uh episode five opens with 
the Mandalorian flying his ship, and he's in a dog fight. This guy is trying to take him in to the guild, and uh, he's you know shooting at him, telling him to hand over, hand himself over to him. And uh, I can take you in warm, or I can take you in cold. It's your choice. Yeah, yeah. And then the Mandalorian slammed on his brakes, and the other guy flew right past him in a very Top Gun maneuver. And uh, he's like, "That's my and line." It crippled his ship, and the, yeah. and then he blew the guy up. And then, uh, but his his ship was already was already damaged, and he was leaking fuel, and he needed to make an emergency landing on the closest planet. Which is one that we all oh my know and love from Star Wars. And you landed on Tatooine. <laughs> he yeah. actually landed at Mos Eisley. The thing is, is that we've talked about how they pull kind of from like all over. Uh, they had um, at Mos Eisley, they pulled from both A New Hope and from Phantom Menace. Yeah. We had the um, Larry Moe and Curly Bots. Yeah. Yeah, the pit droids. And uh, we actually take a trip into the cantina. Yeah. Um, the cantina. Which was interesting. Which is like, and it's like completely empty. Like, there's not like, like he walks in. It's obviously what it is. Like, like they rebuilt the set or like, you know, I can't imagine it's a standing set. It's like, it's not like a location that exists in space. So they obviously had to... Uh, <laughs> rebuild it uh or recreate it probably recreate it yeah but um on on the way in he passed um all of these pikes with uh stormtrooper helmets on yeah, them that was creepy yeah and he goes in it's mostly empty um there's a handful of creatures in there droids running the bar which is funny because yeah you know droids were not allowed into the bar in a new hope yeah those are the droids from return of the jedi from uh uh, from Jabba's palace, from like, you know that three PO talked to, yeah, he was running the bar now. And he uh, he asks the droid at the bar if uh, there's any jobs that he can that he can do because he needs money to repair his ship. After you know he he did leave. He can't just point a gun. He can't just point it. Yeah. He left Baby Yoda there and locked him into a little a little compartment. And of course, you know, Baby Yoda. You know, gets out. Being this is the Baby Yoda show, yeah, yeah, and uh, he he meets up with this uh, this other bounty hunter, this guy who's trying to get into the guild. This guy who wants to be Han Solo so bad. <laughs> yeah, he's even sitting in Han Solo's seat. Yeah, where yeah, the infamous yeah, where he uh, shot Greedo McClunky. It would have been nice if there was a little bit of a scorch mark on the wall behind him, but... Yeah, that would have been hilarious. Uh, Mando is talking to this dude, this not-Han Solo guy, and he's... Not-Han Solo's kind of a... kind of a wuss. Be like, yeah, now I have to get into the Bounty Hunter Guild. Will you help me, please? Yeah. <laughs> right? So... He'd be like, okay, well, we'll go ahead and we'll cross the Dune Sea or whatever it is that we're doing. And uh, so they get stopped by some, or they don't get stopped. They get cornered by some uh, sand people. Uh, and Mando does some sign language, trades some binoculars for packet, for passage across the uh, across the desert. Yeah, because they're trying to find this dangerous assassin who used to work for crime families like the Huts. Mm-hmm. Um, 
played by uh by Ming Na Wen, mm-hmm. who was another big name that they brought into the show, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll 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 get to to the fate of everything in a second. Yeah, they they get passage from the Sand People, and uh, they find a dewback dragging this guy, mm-hmm. and uh, they the Mandalorian runs to go check to see if it's their target. And uh, once he runs over there, um, she's off in the the mountain, the little mountainous rocky area yeah. off in the distance with a sniper rifle, and she shoots him. Luckily, he's got his uh, Beskar steel, mm-hmm. so it just kind of knocks him over, and he runs back to the to the uh, the sand dune where they were hiding and gets shot again. And uh, he's okay though, thanks to his awesome set of armor that he got. It seems like he would got gotten cooked alive in that in, in that stuff when he when he got <laughs> shot. Yeah, if you're well, just running around on Tatooine, honestly. I mean, unless he's got like a personal air conditioner unit built into the thing. It's the, it looks like it was winter there. It didn't seem like it was too unbearably hot. <laughs> you know, maybe it's like December there. Yeah, I, maybe that's the thing. Who knows? Um. So they decide to wait for nightfall and then they, they rush here at night and they have these uh, flares that they're shooting off um, to to blind her scope. And they end up getting the drop on her, kind of. Um, they do take her into custody. And uh, they only have one uh, speeder bike left at this point because she shot the one the Mandalorian was riding. And so they have to go find the Dewback and the Mandalorian tells this young guy to go do it. And he's like, nah, I'm not going to leave you here with this, this bounty. It is my bounty is the one that you found and that I have been a big whiny brat this whole episode about, but now I'm calling the shots. Even though he said time and time again, he doesn't want the money for it. He just wants the, the reputation. And they, so they argue about this in front of her. Mando says, all right, fine, I'll go do it. He goes off to get the do back. And then uh, she convinces the guy that the Mandalorian is worth way more uh, to the guild. And if he took him in, he'd be a legend. A legend. So he's like, oh, that's a good idea. So she gets up and holds her cuffed hands out to him. Like, all right, let me out and I'll help you. And he just blasts her. Just murders her. Yeah. So she's dead. Yeah, she's. uh, there's no way she survived that. She got shot at point blank range. <laughs> and so the dude jumps on the speeder and takes off and uh, Mando comes back and sees she's dead and the guy is gone. So he rides the do back all the way back to Mos Eisley, which had to have taken forever. It had to take like three days. <laughs> and he gets there and uh, this young bounty hunter has the mechanic and baby Yoda as hostages uh-huh. And Mandalorian shoots him, kills him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, takes the money that he had on him to give to the mechanic. And she's like, yeah, that's covers everything. And he's like, all right, bye. And he just kind of pieces out off yeah. of uh, Tatooine. And then we see uh, Ming-Na Wen's body one last time. And a mysterious figure walks up and all we see is the feet and the bottom of a cape. And then, and then you kind of see him start to crouch down, and then... Dong, that's da, 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 so, of course, 
everybody instantly jumps to, ah, it's Boba Fett, because Boba Fett was in the Sarlacc pit. They're on Tatooine where the Sarlacc pit is, and he got his way out, and then it's Boba Fett. I don't think so. I think two Boba Fetts would get incredibly confusing. I think it's uh, Giancarlo Esposito, I hope I said his name right, uh, his character, Moff Gideon. Uh, that's probably who that was. Honestly. A.K.A. Gus Fring, for those of you guys who don't know who that actor is. Yeah. From, uh, from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Now, this was the shortest episode of The Mandalorian. Uh, mm-hmm. Coming in at, at a mere 35 minutes long. Most of them have been around 40, you know, so it's still, yeah. it's still right around there. But it was a little bit shorter. And, yeah, it was definitely... The writing was definitely weaker in this one. Yeah, I would have to say that the dialogue, especially like especially from the mechanic, um, but she is she is by far my least favorite Mandalorian character so far, because <laughs> it's like everything she says is just like you you could like I don't even know it seems just seems like it was like, hey, thanks for wrecking my roof and. Oh, hey, little baby Yoda, would you like something to eat? I'm going to charge the bounty hunter extra for taking care of you. Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. It's just like, oh, no. It's just like they went back to this iconic place, and it doesn't seem like they did much with it. Yeah, not not really. I mean, this this was the first time we saw Tatooine since uh, Return of the Jedi. Up, 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 up. I mean, in, in the order, you know. Yeah. Uh, this was the first the first story that takes place in Star Wars canon after Return of the Jedi. Yeah, chronologically, yeah, cuz we ha- yeah. because we sh- because we haven't been back there in the sequel trilogy yet. Right. And um you know we find out that the guild no longer operates on Tatooine probably because the uh you know job of the hut got got murked. Uh-huh. So you know that probably put an end to that. Yeah, we don't really we don't really see too much about Tatooine, and what we do see looks exactly the same as as when it was there, the before, you know. Except for Moss Eisley and now a freaking ghost town. Yeah, uh, but they they do talk about uh, some of the other the other little uh, landmarks, if if uh, if you want to call it that. Moss Espa. They bring up uh, Womp Rats. And uh, Beggar's Canyon. They mentioned Moss Espa, which is a town from uh, The Phantom Menace. It was okay. It was fine. It was a watchable episode. But, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, so that was, uh, that's that's this week's Mandalorian. Not much happened. Yeah. <laughs> but now we get to move on to something where a whole lot of stuff happens, even uh, if you can't no. really understand what any of it is. And that's this week's brand new VOD release from Rift Tracks, Robo Vampire, a movie from 1987 brought to you by Filmark. Yeah, Filmark and uh, Godfrey Ho, uh, the same guy who brought us Honor and Glory. What? Yeah. You're joking. Yep. Nope. Same director. Eh, to hell with that old bastard. But yeah, uh, Robo Vampire is infamous in uh, bad movie circles. Uh, this has actually been a long-standing request for Rift Tracks. They've been uh, having people ask them to do this for a very, very, very long time, and now it's finally here. 
and everybody can see what the fuss is all about. Uh, and you can watch it and not understand a single thing that's going on. Most of that is because this was actually two movies edited together into one. Um, this movie, we're going to try and explain it as best we can. I don't know why we're going to do that, but I but I guess we are because it's like an impossible task. It's kind of kind of what we do. Yeah. Okay, so this is the description from uh, TV Tropes because I could not find a Wikipedia article. Well, why would there be one? <laughs> a Taoist priest and his army of Jiangxi, which are the uh, the Chinese hopping vampires. Yeah. Uh, are hired by a drug lord to protect his smuggling operation from a group of commandos. <laughs> say that again. Like. I need you to say that again. A drug lord, a Taoist priest, and his army of Jiangxi are hired. I hope I'm saying that right. Ch- Chinese vampires are hired by a drug lord to protect his smuggling operation from a group of commandos. Soon the priest awakens a powerful vampire beast, which was literally a guy dressed up like one of the Chinese vampires, but he had a gorilla mask on. A, a ghost, a lady ghost shows up. Lady And ghost. yells at the priest for doing it. I knew you were going to do that as soon as I said it. <laughs> lady ghost. Okay. The the ghost and the, the person that he turned into the vampire beast were lovers when they were alive, but they were forbidden from marrying. So they committed suicide so they could be together in death. But then he brought it back as a vampire beast. So they couldn't even be together in death. But then she's like, no, I'm going to stay with him and I might as well help you. Okay. Yeah. And I'm not going to wear a shirt either. Yeah. She's got, um, like this really thin (laughs) on and, uh, you can see through it. Yeah. Nips out. This this movie has the most That's I mean there's no other way to say it. It has the most nipples out of uh, any movie that we've had since probably Treasure of the Amazon. Probably more more so than Treasure of the Amazon. What about the room? More than the room. This has more nipples than the room. Uh, that's true. Which is a weird sentence to say. Yes, more nipples than the that's room. That's yeah. that's the fact. This movie has more nipples than the room. So this commando gets killed and they turn him into a cyborg yeah yeah like what and they basically turn him into rotor yeah it's a guy wearing like silver fabric mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it doesn't look anything like an actual robot suit no there is no continuity in this movie there's there is no there, really there is nothing really even regarding a plot in this movie because so much happens and it's just random. Like there's a part where the robot who is not a vampire is walking along the beach looking for these drug people Uh, like these flames come up and then he sinks in the sand and then he climbs out of the sand and then some of the Chinese hopping vampires climb out of the sand and he defeats them and then the Drug uh, drug dealers, the smugglers, are off to the side, and they pull out a rocket launcher, and they blow him up. They they blow up the robot. The next scene, they got the robot on a table, and they're like, yeah, they oh, he just short-circuited. No, 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 we saw him explode. 
He did not. He blew to pieces. But that's the kind of continuity we get with this movie. Yeah, it's um, and then okay, not for nothing. At some point in this movie, it cuts to this this couple in I think like it cuts this it cuts this to this couple somewhere in either Japan or China or or, or one of these or wherever the hell it is they shot this thing, <laughs> yeah. and they're arguing about like. Oh, what's the matter, baby? Oh, I'm mad at you because you're a cop. Well, you knew I was a cop when you married me. It's like, I don't, I didn't know how dangerous it would be. And as long as you're being a cop, we <laughs> can't be together. Oh, let's make up, baby. Okay. Right. And then it cuts away again. And it's like, well, I'm glad we had that scene with these two people. That I think, I think that was the guy who died and got turned into the robot. I No, think. but they come back. Those people come back? Yeah, they come back. Then it's not... They come Was back. Was that the same people? I think so. I thought those were different people. I think it's the same people. <laughs> oh. And then they'll be like, okay, oh, I'm waiting. And then to come back. I'm waiting to get kissed. And the robot guy just comes up and just blows that other guy away. Yeah, I, I don't know what... It, this movie is too damn confusing. There's just so much... There's so much going on, but nothing happens. Like we need to get Sean or Connor to come on to the uh, to come on to the show and explain this and explain this to us. But yeah, Robo Vampires is weird. It's messed up. It's definitely not one really for you to turn on with your kids around. I know most of the time for Rift Tracks, uh, they try and keep them as close to PG-13 as possible. Um, and they try to gorilla gram stuff, but that doesn't yeah. always. This work. wasn't a live show. This was a VOD. This one is definitely rated R, folks. Don't don't watch this with your uh, with your kids. Um, and if it didn't have a whole bunch of nipples in it, it would definitely be rated R for how stupid it is. <laughs> Not for the gore, because the whatever gore is in there is fake as crap. Yeah, no, just like 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 like, like no, don't like don't let your kids watch this. It's gonna make them stupid. <laughs> Okay, just don't do it. Uh, but it's it's. I recommend it. I definitely recommend watching this. Go buy it and watch it, and you'll be confused and you'll laugh a lot. And then there there's good jokes in there too from Riftrex. Oh yeah, there's like so many callbacks in 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 this one that it's uh, like oh oh hey what oh hey what do you got in the bag a shark or something out of my way. <laughs> That was really good. Let's let's move on now to something that you can watch with your kids, even though you probably still don't want to. Uh, your kids aren't going to want to watch this. <laughs> no. Talking about Christmas Circus with Wizzle the Clown. With Yes. Which is one of the most bumbling-est, bumbling-est. I don't know if that's a word. I don't think it's a word, but this guy's a bumbler. He's a big-time bumbler, and uh, he's very scatterbrained. Now, now, for those of you who didn't grow up in uh, the middle of our country in uh, Kansas and uh, and Missouri, uh, Frank Wiziardi was yes, that is his name, a Wiziardi, a uh, a clown in a family circus in the '30s until the Depression hit. Uh, then he joined the army during World War II, basically. Uh, and then in 1953, he started the Wizzo the Clown Show. Which actually was kind of a successful, like, I've actually know I've met people on Facebook 
who watched Wizzo the Clown growing up. I mean, they're old now, but I mean. Yeah, well, he, he was on the air from 1954 until 1987. Yeah, he was like the Mr. Rogers of Kansas City. That's what that's what he's known yeah. for. Yeah, that's what people call him. He's the Mr. Rogers of Kansas City. That's that's a real thing. Go ahead. It's on Wikipedia. Look it up. I'm gonna I'm gonna put that on there right now. He's the Mr. Rogers <laughs> of Kansas City. This one might be weirder to explain than Robo Vampire. Wizzo is expecting. Um, he's got. He comes in with all these presents to start. And um, he's like dropping packages and one's on a string and they keep pulling it off of the pile of boxes. And and he keeps, you know, oh, now I got that to worry about that to worry about. Yeah. And uh, eventually the children show up and, you know, he goes through what I'm sure is his normal shtick. The children don't want to be there, by the way. Oh, no, they don't. No, the children are, are. The children. This is like a fun and balloon land situation where the children are being held against their will. Yeah, they end up going to see Santa. Oh, you mean when he's not um, rescuing kids' parents from terrorists in Africa? Yeah, that's Santa. Yeah, or uh, conquering the Martians. So they flew all the way to Lapland <laughs> or the fifth dimension. Uh, was Merlin there? No, Merlin was not a part of. Let's this. just go through all. <laughs> let's just go through all the Santa stuff. Was he at Pirates World? Lupita. Uh, Pitch the Devil. Yes. <laughs> I think I think Pitch was was uh, there. I think Pitch was wearing a Wizzo suit. I need you tonight. <laughs> this film is quite insane. Like you watch it and you're trying to you're trying to figure out if it's actually happening or if you're having some sort of weird fever dream. No, it's happening. It's definitely happening. Now, the best thing that came out of this, if you go to YouTube. Oh, yes, this. And you go to you go to Mike Nelson's YouTube channel. Yeah, his personal YouTube channel, which I which I really hope that he goes and labels this not for children to just so it doesn't get taken down for COPPA. <laughs> but anyway, he reads the transcript from this show just like normal, just completely deadpan. Completely deadpan. It takes him like 35 minutes. And it's one of the best things you'll ever... If you weren't going to bring this up, I'm glad you did. Because if you weren't going to bring it up, I was going to. Because it's fantastic. I will put the link to this video in the description of this episode. So everybody can listen to it. And I implore you to listen to this video. Because it is amazing it's like oh yeah it is so good because all of the ums and the uhs and the stammering and all of that stuff he's got it there and also the uh my own robot my own my lady so i guess you and i will work it out trying to understand what is going on with wizzle the clown is an exercise in futility folks don't do it don't try and and watch this and actually understand it especially if you're an adult okay but it does have it does have a fun short at the beginning of it with these christmas trees oh my god yes the, <laughs> the french the french christmas trees with with the human faces of the, with the human faces they die and go to christmas tree hell yes all of the trees die and they all 
like show up in the stars or whatever stupid French thing. <laughs> stupid French thing. Stupid French thing. It is. <laughs> I cannot even imagine having to watch that, like in school or whatever over in France. Like that would be torture, man. I mean, it goes right along with all the ennui. You know, but it is the same place that brought us. I believe in Santa Claus that thank you. That proves my point right there. Now, I will say, if you haven't seen this one, you can go. It is up on Tubi TV on the Tubi app. And I made an interesting discovery the other day. And I think I I think I sent you a message about this, Dave. Uh, But I went through and I counted the current number of Rift Tracks movies available on Tubi. Yeah, isn't like 125? Yeah, it's up to it was 125 at last count, and that was just uh like a week. That is ago. a lot, and like and th- that's the thing, they got to be VODs. Yeah, they're all VODs, but this one is on there. It is free. It does have ads, so they are still getting something out of this. If uh, if you do have Amazon Prime, you can go right now and watch Christmas Circus with Wizzle the Clown. The Rift VOD is available with your Amazon Prime membership. So if you don't own it, and uh, I know things are a little tight right now because it's the Christmas season, and <laughs> welcome back from the edit, folks. Ah, he didn't really even <laughs> say anything offensive. No, but he I'm not going to cover his tracks. I need to cover my tracks on that one. Uh, I actually know, I know say my... offensive stuff. I actually say offensive stuff when we do that. He didn't yeah. even say anything offensive. I was thinking something bad, and I almost said it, but I stopped myself. Anyway. It was pretty funny. It was pretty good. You do have a couple options to watch this uh, legally, which is something we really like to stress here. Watching them legally for free. It can be done. And, you know, with 125 titles on Tubi, which is on uh, Roku and and, uh, Amazon Fire TV and Android, so you can Chromecast it and all that stuff. You can watch it on on your desktop or your laptop or whatever. Yeah. It's there. It's free. It's legal. If you're broke like me and you want to watch it, there you go. There's your options. So don't feel bad for ripping the guys off. Everybody yeah, at Rift I guys. agree with what I agree. Their with entire 15 said. or 16 person organization. If you like a little extra insanity with your uh, with your Christmas spirit. And who doesn't? Sometimes that's the only way you can make it through the season, Dave. On that note, I think we're going to bring things to an end today. Our patron poll, since we're getting close to Christmas, is going to be limited just to the two previous losers, uh, Jack Frost and Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny. I am so surprised Ice Cream Bunny hasn't won something yet. Yeah, uh, if I was a betting man, I'd say that that's probably what we're going to get next week. Yeah. is Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny. Um, and we will have a lot to say about that one because oh, yeah. they've done two completely different versions of this movie. That's very much like The Room. It's it's that important to riff tracks. But Jack Frost is also, don't let us sway your opinion if you're uh, patrons, you know. But I do have a feeling, if I, I, like, I, know, I know at least two of the patrons and I do have a feeling that we're going to get the ice cream bunny. Yeah, probably. Um, but like Dave said, it's very important to the history of riff tracks. And uh, there is a lot to go over with that. Um, but yeah, so Ice Cream Bunny, Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny, and Jack Frost are, are going to be your choices. Those will be up on 
Thursday of this week. So uh, December uh, 13th, that will be available on the uh, Patreon at patreon.com slash trueblueriffcast. Uh, if you're not already a member there, you can go sign up. Until then, I am Jeremy. You can find me at pbandawesome.com. You can find me on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter at pbandawesome. You can send me emails, jeremy at trueblueriffcast.com. And you can follow the podcast on Twitter at TBRiffCast. Uh, and I'm Dave, a.k.a. Sugar Ray Dodge. Check me out on the web at SugarRayDodge.com. Send me emails at Dave at TrueBlueRiffCast.com. We will see you guys next time on the True Blue Riffcast. Rock till you die. Run!